This is from globalresearch.ca. The Irish Slave Trade. The Forgotten White Slaves. This is by John Martin and is about a book called White Cargo, originally published in 2008. They came as slaves, vast human cargo transported in tall British ships bound for the Americas. They were shipped by the hundreds of thousands and included men, women and even the youngest of children. Whenever they rebelled or even disobeyed an order, they were punished in the harshest ways. Slave owners would hang their human property by their hands and set their hands or feet on fire as one form of punishment. They were burned alive and had their heads placed on pikes in the marketplace as a warning to other captives. But we don't really need to go through all the gory details, do we? We know all too well the atrocities of the African slave trade. But are we talking about African slavery? King James II and Charles I also led a continued effort to enslave the Irish. Britain's famed Oliver Cromwell furthered this practice of dehumanising one's next-door neighbour. The Irish slave trade began when 30,000 Irish prisoners were sold as slaves to the New World. The King James I Proclamation of 1625 required Irish political prisoners to be sent overseas and sold to English settlers in the West Indies. By the mid-1600s, the Irish were the main slaves sold to Antigua and Montserrat. At that time, 70% of the total population of Montserrat were Irish slaves. Ireland quickly became the biggest source of human livestock for English merchants. The majority of the early slaves to the New World were actually white. From 1641 to 1652, over 500,000, that's half a million, Irish were killed by the English and another 300,000 were sold as slaves. Ireland's population fell from about 1.5 million to 600,000 in one single decade. Families were ripped apart as the British did not allow Irish dads to take their wives and children with them across the Atlantic. This led to a helpless population of homeless women and children. Britain's solution? Well, that was to auction them off as well. During the 1650s, over 100,000 Irish children between the ages of 10 and 14 were taken from their parents and sold as slaves in the West Indies, Virginia and New England. In this decade, 52,000 Irish, mostly women and children, were sold to Barbados and Virginia. Another 30,000 Irish men and women were also transported and sold to the highest bidder. In 1656, Cromwell ordered that 2,000 Irish children be taken to Jamaica and sold as slaves to English settlers. Many people today will avoid calling the Irish slaves what they truly were. Slaves. They'll come up with terms like indentured servants to describe what occurred to the Irish. However, in most cases from the 17th and 18th centuries, Irish slaves were nothing more than human cattle. 
As an example, the African slave trade was just beginning during this same period. It's well recorded that African slaves, not tainted with the stain of the hated Catholic theology and more expensive to purchase, were often treated far better than their Irish counterparts. African slaves were very expensive during the late 1600s. That was £50 sterling. Irish slaves came cheap, no more than £5 sterling. If a planter whipped or branded or beat an Irish slave to death, it was never a crime. A death was a monetary setback, but far cheaper than killing a more expensive African. The English masters quickly began breeding the Irish women for both their own personal pleasure and for greater profit. Children of slaves were themselves slaves, which increased the size of the master's free workforce. Even if an Irish woman somehow obtained her freedom, her kids would remain slaves of her master. Thus, Irish mums, even with this newfound emancipation, would seldom abandon their kids and would remain in servitude. In time, the English thought of a better way to use these women in many cases, girls as young as 12. To increase their market share, the settlers began to breed Irish women and girls with African men to produce slaves with a distinct complexion. These new mulatto slaves brought a higher price than Irish livestock and likewise enabled the settlers to save money rather than purchase new African slaves. The practice of interbreeding Irish females with African men went on for several decades and was so widespread that in 1681 legislation was passed quote, forbidding the practice of mating Irish slave women to African slave men for the purpose of producing slaves for sale. End quote. In short, it was stopped only because it interfered with the profits of a large slave transport company. England continued to ship tens of thousands of Irish slaves for more than a century. Records state that after the 1798 Irish Rebellion, thousands of Irish slaves were sold to both America and Australia. There were horrible abuses of both African and Irish captives. One British ship even dumped 1,302 slaves into the Atlantic Ocean so that the crew would have plenty of food to eat. There's little question that the Irish experienced the horrors of slavery as much, if not more in the 17th century, than the Africans did. There is also very little question that those brown, tanned faces you witness in your travels to the West Indies are very likely a combination of African and Irish ancestry. In 1839, Britain finally decided on its own to end its participation in Satan's highway to hell and stopped transporting slaves. While their decision did not stop pirates from doing what they desired, the new law slowly concluded this chapter of nightmarish Irish misery. But if anyone, black or white, believes that slavery was only an African experience, then they've got it completely wrong. Irish slavery is a subject worth remembering, not erasing from our memories. But where are our public and private schools? Where are the history books? Why is it so seldom discussed? Do the memories of hundreds of thousands of Irish victims merit more than a mention from an unknown writer? 
Or is their story to be one that the English pirates intended to, unlike the African book, have the Irish story utterly and completely disappear as if it never happened? None of the Irish victims ever made it back to their homeland to describe their ordeal. These are the lost slaves, the ones that time and biased history books conveniently forgot. And it's also convenient that organisations like Black Lives Matter and the Labour Party and all these lovely sugar-coated SJWs who crack on about black rights and black lives and all that kind of stuff. Well, remember the Irish. I have Irish ancestry. I also have Romany Gypsy ancestry. Now, I mention that because I found out today that the latest SJW issue is Gypsy is an offensive word. They've come up with something else. I can't for the life of me think what on earth it would be, but the word gypsy is not a derogatory term. There are lots of derogatory terms for gypsies, but gypsy is not one of them. And as somebody who has a family history of Romany gypsy and somebody who has Irish ancestors, this story means a lot to me. So, I'm sorry, black people. You weren't the only ones that suffered. It happened to the whites from Ireland first. Gypsy, 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 gypsy.